Hello, this is the house on Valencia Street, and I'll be your host. I use explicit language. Topics of conversation will include ghosts and the paranormal, psychic ability. We also discuss truth here, and I'm an incest and rape survivor, and I take up equal space to people who may not have lived through that. Figuring out how to do it can be a little fumbly, although I like to take up space and at the house on Valencia Street, that's a place where I get to do that. <laughs> also, people who've lived through what I lived through, you get to be here too. And even if you haven't, you're gonna support us. That's nice too. Come on down to the party, would you? Hey, <laughs> what are the topics do we discuss here? Okay, joy, recovery, healing, uh, femicide, suicide, murder, uh, incest and rape. I think I mentioned those two. Domestic violence, uh, gender, race, and socioeconomic demographic biases, and um, how to be aware of these things and acknowledge these things uh, to self-empower. Um, let's see what else. <laughs> Lots of animals, love for animals, and maybe the Humane Society if you volunteer down there, because there's a lot of animals needing love. Yeah, okay. And um, you volunteer in service work. Yeah, yeah, how about that? Um, Agnosticism, atheism, Buddhism, Christianity, philosophy. Um, what else? Uh, mm, let's see. I guess empowering yourself with uh, willful education and informing yourself that you got options, right? And I'm putting a fence around the house here and let you know that at the house we get to talk about some things and that may or may not be comfortable. You know, you get to choose. I, I like consent. I like talking about consent. And also we talk about BDSM and kink. And if one reason I like kink and BDSM is that there's a structure in there for you guys, you know, how do we negotiate? No, that's one of the first conversations you're going to have. If you go to a place like FetLife, which is a site I go to every week or two and check in. And um, I have some written conversations going with uh, different people. Right now I'm talking with someone from Hawaii and um, we may or may not meet, but we're talking about meditation practice and a couple of teachers that we appreciate in a, on a kink and BDSM site because we get to do that, right? <laughs> it's all kinds of places to create space, yeah, for whatever you got to think about or explore. So, um, yeah, those are some stuff. There's some stuff to talk about. Some of these topics are kind of triggering and sometimes it can be overwhelming. And it, I want you to use your discernment and I'm going to expect you to use your discernment because we are responsible for our mental health issue. Um, psychologically, there are some psychological conditions where you need help. Uh, someone else, maybe a, a guardian might help you. But typically, it's going to be your choice. It's what you focus on, right? You have a lot of power and control. Yeah. So um, make sure to use your discernment. If mental health stuff is kicking up for you, um, talk to a licensed board certified therapist, someone who is educated on this. You might have to talk to two or three of them, okay, until you get the right fit. Uh, you deserve to talk to people who are educated and can help you with these things. Uh, that is not me. I am not a board certified licensed therapist. I'm just somebody who's been kicking around a couple years and had some experiences with this group and that group might share with you. Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, you deserve help and you deserve to be happy. Uh, or at least content, you know, and or maybe just have a couple of little moments sound again. Get to it, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, hey, 
<clears throat> I got a, I got a, I got a website. <laughs> uh, you can find my podcast at anchor.fm forward slash MoMA, M-O-H-M-A-H. There you can go listen to my podcast and you can read notes. Uh, I tend to take copious notes. Um, you can uh, donate money. That'd be nice too. Uh, five bucks a month, a cup of coffee, 10 bucks a month is some food, a microphone filter, that type of thing. Uh, and I'd sure appreciate it because I'm here to celebrate my ancestors and to celebrate all of it, or at least talk about the good, the bad, the ugly as I see fit. And, um, and hopefully bring some of the magic that they give to me, to you, because there's so much joy and beauty that comes from this process. Um, and I hope to encourage others to explore that for themselves as well. Especially, you know, how do you forgive somebody who raped you as a four-year-old child? That's something I think about. <laughs> and anybody who's been harmed that way, you know, forgiveness and compassion might be something, you know, why would you forgive? Is it in your best interest to forgive? You know, that's something that's explored here. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Do I got all the top hits? <laughs> Yes, I do believe we have. Let us step through the threshold of the house on Valencia Street and engage. Hello, hello, duckies. Oh, good morning to you. It's presently about four in the morning on a Friday. And um, yeah, uh, I tend to sometimes get inspiration about three in the morning. Um, there's music that I've, I've just woken up with and I've got all the lyrics and I'll just start singing them at three in the morning <laughs> that I've written somehow while I was sleeping. You know, it's hard to say, or God inspired me. You know, what, what happens with that? Isn't that interesting? Do you ever do that? Wake up in the middle of the night, you just feel connected to God and inspired about something. Well, there's a guy that I'd like to read from you or read to you that thinks about the same thing, or at least he did back in the 13th century. Um, his name was Rumi. And I'll try to attempt his full name. Jalal Adin Muhammad Rumi. Uh, he was a writer and a spiritual mentor um, for Islam and for Muslims, um, which is one of our big first monotheistic faiths that we can learn the history on, right? So this is from Rumi. The breezes at dawn have secrets to tell you. Don't go back to sleep. You must ask for what you really want. Don't go back to sleep. People are going back and forth across the door sill where the two worlds touch. The door is round and open. Don't go back to sleep. Hmm. Isn't it odd? that calling that you get in the middle of the morning sometimes to feel connected to a source. Um, there's an author named Wayne Dyer who would talk about this process. Um, he has sold at least 10 number one best-selling books. His first book, The Erroneous Zones, is it erogenous? I used to think it was erogenous zones and it's not erogenous. Because <laughs> erogenous zones are, you know, sexual, you see. The erroneous zones, erroneous zones. Um, that first book of his, which was published in 1976, has sold over 60 million, 60 m -m -m million copies in over 45 languages, Wayne Dyer. Wayne Dyer might be someone that you're familiar with or acquainted with if you watch PBS or public broadcasting. About 10, 20 years ago, he had several, you know, million view plus uh, specials on PBS talking about faith and God and spirit. 
with a particular perspective. He also discussed forgiveness. Um, and it was made in an easy-to-digest format using a leader that had a particular race, gender, and socioeconomic demographic, right? Um, I really appreciate the knowledge this person has brought me, Wayne Dyer. And one of my regular meditations I do for the past 20 years has been uh, called the I Am, the I Am Meditation. Um, back through time, when you, colloquially, when you research that phrase, I Am, um, there's a connection with Jehovah or God with that language. Um, so by saying I am, I am God, I am love, I am whatever I'm going to think of because our thoughts create these um, manifestations potentially. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I've found a lot of good stuff from Wayne Dyer. <laughs> Gonna be swimming around in it today because uh, there were, I was meditating on this uh, publication. It came out about 2015 with Abraham Hicks. Now you have heard of Abraham Hicks if you've been listening here for a little while. Abraham Hicks is a non-physical entity or group of entities that is uh, channeled through Esther Hicks. And Esther and Jerry Hicks built this up with the Abraham Hicks publications. In about 2014, the year before Wayne Dyer died, um, Esther Hicks and... Wayne Dyer sat down and had a conversation. That's the title of that is called co-creation at its best, a conversation between master teachers. You can find this at Abraham Hicks publications and it's about three hours of conversation recorded in front of an audience of Wayne Dyer and Esther Hicks channeling Abraham Hicks. I just spent um, a couple days this week evaluating that and digging into it. And there was so much good stuff in there. Um, and I guess the first thing I'll start with is uh, some of the first questions that Wayne Dyer was asking Abraham Hicks. Um, one thing I love about Wayne Dyer is he's got this real playful energy, and he's also a father of eight, although his father was very different in the way he talks about it than the fathering that he does as an adult. Um, and I can relate to Wayne Dyer, and I've heard Wayne Dyer tell this story I'm about to discuss here um, at least a half a dozen times in a half a dozen different recordings. Um, <clears throat> but uh, he was so playfully talking to Abraham Hicks and asking these questions about what about forgiveness and compassion? And what if someone has hurt you? How do you, how do you balance that? How do you let it go? Yeah. So um, he, Wayne is telling this story while they're having this conversation, this recording I just referred to. Uh, from about 2014. Um, the timing is pretty crucial in some ways because Esther is talking to Wayne. And Jerry Hicks was a big part of uh, Abraham and Esther and Jerry. Jerry and Esther Hicks were the people that uh, kind of hosted Abraham Hicks and brought Abraham Hicks to all these people, millions of people at all these different um workshops and they still have workshops. I could actually go listen to Esther Hicks talking to Abraham. If I got five or 500 to a thousand bucks, I could go down and she likes to have cruises. She likes to travel. She likes to drive fast cars. I mean, all these things that a mature woman who's a mother, you don't associate with a, an entity or a person. She's very, there's plenty of money swimming in her life. And she talks about celebrating that and exploring that and how you create that without harming anybody else, but manifesting it through your thought and some action. Um, so Wayne's sitting there talking to 
Esther, who's channeling Abraham and asking these questions. And one of the biggest focuses, I've listened to about an hour and a half of the three-hour audio so far. So you're getting a partial review here. Um, Wayne is asking Abraham about forgiveness and compassion. And then he talks about his father and how forgiving his father changed his life dramatically. And I'll share a bit of that right here. My goal in exploring that is I would like to forgive my father. And through these uh, the holiday season, I've been feeling a lot of connection to my ancestors. And I've been feeling really joyful and connected and loved through that process. One of the biggest problems I have is forgiving my father. Uh, my father, who had nine children from three different women, uh, through my half-brother against the wall so hard he broke his arm, and that brother became schizophrenic, gave my sister gonorrhea when she was nine. This is my father. <laughs> I don't want to forgive that person. I want to, I want to, I, I have different, I have a lot of complicated feelings about this person, uh, my father. And um, in reviewing this content this week, I was brought to an option that Wayne Dyer explored that I don't know if I'm capable of yet, but I, I, I want to explore it here with you. Somehow, some way, it was about mm, early 1970s or so, uh, Wayne Dyer talks about him being uh, in a place where he was overweight, he wasn't exercising, he was eating poorly. He was in a relationship that was about to tank. Um, he wasn't all that happy. And um, somehow, some way, through several different coincidental things, uh, he ended up at the gravesite of his father. He had gone to his gravesite where his father was because he wanted to desecrate his father's grave. Okay, no, pause. I've shared on this podcast how my cousins took care of the pedophile who raped me, uh, who raped eight of us in my family, it was my step-grandpa, uh, who was married to Mildred. Um, I've talked about how my cousin took his ashes to the rivers up in by Coeur d'Alene and, and Spokane and dumped out his ashes on the on the riverbanks. And then when she looked around, nobody was there. And she just spontaneously decided to do this while they were doing this process with this horrible person that they were taking care of his physical stuff after he died because nobody wanted to take care of him because he'd hurt, hurt so many people, you know. And my cousin went over and she pulled their pants down and pissed on his ashes on the riverbanks up there by Spokane. And she felt good about it. And she told me that story and I felt good about it. And then she told it in front of my aunt and my aunt felt good about that. Desecrating a pissing on that asshole whose ashes, the ashes of his body, <laughs> when they was alive, were doing horrible things to children. It was, um, and I was one of them. Uh, it was uh, a cathartic experience. It felt good. Um, Esther Hicks talks about, uh, and Abraham Hicks talks about how there's a progression and an alignment when it comes to 20 or 30 different emotions anybody's going to feel. And when you're down at the bottom of depression, self-rejection, et cetera, then you're building up to anger and rage. Sometimes anger and rage and revenge are stronger or better feelings than feeling disempowered and depressed. So you're climbing this ladder to try to get to more alignment. And so you go into a place of neutrality and joy and then forgiveness. And then you climb up to, you know, the top where you feel aligned and you're going to be drawing all kinds of positive things to you because your thoughts turns into things, right? Thoughts turn into things. So, so being cognizant of what you're thinking about is really important. And I can spend hours a day 
thinking about the people that harm me and wanting to do something about it and feeling disempowered because they're dead or what have you. And I just got to carry that because I'm pissed off that these people hurt me and I still got to have flashbacks to this shit. And I'm, I've, I mean, you know, after 20, after 10 years of therapy and 20, 30 years of doing that and 20, 30 years of service work at that entity and 20, 30 years of service work at that entity trying to process this. And I feel like you're never going to process it. And I'm like, you know, am I ever going to feel safe or right with this part? And I may not, you know, the thing is I'm showing up and trying. And if I connect to God every day with meditation, it sure makes it better for me, you know? So I told you this story about the ashes of the pedophile that hurt several of us in my family. Well, Wayne Dyer has an experience where he went to his father's grave in the early seventies and his life wasn't looking that good. And he was pissed off and he goes to his father's grave and he was going to go there desecrated. And he was talking and pissing. And well, I, actually, I can't say that. <clears throat> I can say that better. He was talking and angry at his dad at his dad's grave. And then he walked away. And then what happened was as he was walking away from his dad's grave, who had harmed him, who had neglected him, who had felt Wayne Dyer talked a lot about how horrible his father was, how horrific his father was and how one of his biggest challenges spiritually was to forgive this person. Okay. And, um, how it really confused him. <laughs> then he shares this story of going to his daddy's grave, going to go there to desecrate his grave. He thinks better of it. Once he gets there, he expresses his feelings. He walks away from the grave and then something makes him turn around and go back. Now, keep in mind, there's nobody watching him right now, other than God, other than spirit, right? And him, he's by himself on this process. That's what he's sharing. He goes back and something about him, he felt this pull to go back to this man's grave, turn around, go back. And he stood in front of that grave and he said, I forgive you and I send you love and who am I to judge you? And um, he forgave his father at the gravesite, and he didn't go there with that intention. He went there with the intention to harm or at least to be heard and seen and maybe pissing on his dad's grave was going to do it. Now, Wayne Dyer doesn't say he's going to piss on his, his relative's grave. He doesn't say that. Uh, he talks about what he wanted to do on the grave and he won't talk about the act of what he was going to do on the grave, but he was going to desecrate the grave. And I think it was, he's going to piss on it. I don't know. I, I can't say what he's going to do, but he talks about this process. Of, I'm going to desecrate that grave. And I'm like, well, what you going to do? You didn't talk about getting like, you know, Molotov cocktails or something thrown on there. No, you know, <laughs> I just assume he's going to do what we did. Oh, actually I didn't do it. My cousin did. Right. But he goes back and he forgives him. And he says, I, I, I can't judge you. I got to let it go. You know? And then he talks about how his life changed after that. He went and rented a motel that was, he called it like a flea bat or some ne'er do well motel that was like cheap rent. And in 14 days, he wrote the book, The Erroneous Zones. And then that book, I mean, after that, there was over 10 number one bestsellers. His, his teachings have been heard by millions of people. Okay. Um, while preparing for this recording today, I was listening to Oprah Winfrey have a conversation with Wayne Dyer because they were friends. Uh, Esther Hicks and Wayne Dyer were close friends for several years. Okay. And the recording I was listening to that co-creating at its best, a conversation between master teachers, which you can find at Abraham Hicks publications. Okay. It's a recording of about three hours. That recording took place about 2014. Wayne Dyer died in August of 2015, 2011, Jerry Hicks died. So Esther Hicks is talking, sharing Abraham with Wayne Dyer, who's going to die in about a year. And her husband has died in a year. And they're talking about God and forgiveness and compassion. Okay. Now, um, hmm. that's interesting to me 
Um, I think I'll quote, there's a Mark Twain quote I'll offer. Um, Forgiveness is the fragrance the violet sheds as the heel. Mm, I'm going to say it again. Okay. Thank you for your patience. Forgiveness is the fragrance the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it. What an unusual concept to consider, right? I mean, thinking about that. Someone has harmed you, ended you, and you're going to give them this beautiful scent of the violet, you know? Hmm. There's a couple takeaways I had from this um, conversation I was listening to with these two master teachers. And the biggest one is they explore forgiveness and compassion, which is something that I really struggle with a lot. Um, As an Al-Anon member, uh, Al-Anon is for family members and friends of the alcoholic and the addict. It's a 12-step group that we apply the 12 steps to our lives. Um, in my experience, codependency and enabling behaviors can be just as sick as alcoholic and addict behaviors. Okay. And I'm a double twipper winner, as I say in the 12 step, because let's see, February 14th, I'll have 11 years that I have not gambled and I'm a gambling addict. Okay. I don't go to a casino, you know, and I keep thinking about when I come into money where I can afford health insurance, where I can afford to get my car maintained, you know, cause the past two or three years I can afford an oil change. And that's about it. And I know that car needs maintenance, although I don't got the money for it right now, right? Although I can get the money. So when I'm visualizing this financial abundance, I'm like, the first thing I'm fantasizing about is just maintenance stuff. I'd like health insurance and I'd like to get car maintenance on my 20 some year old car, you know? <laughs> Cause I dream big baby, let me tell you what, that'd be the case. Uh, forgiveness and compassion, that one. You know, we all talk about how it's something that you do for yourself so that you can let go of that resentment. Abraham Hicks would talk about it as a vibration or frequency energetically in that uh, someone who is angry and um, still carrying that wound isn't going to be able to adjust to a frequency where they're going to draw a more positive feedback to them. Not to judge or shame someone who has survived incest or rape or domestic violence or psychological harm from predatory people. Okay. However, um, you have to make tea with Mara as the Buddhists say, you have to sit down and be present with it. Otherwise there's no joy to be found or it's very hard to find joy because you can let this stuff eat you alive easily. I think about that a lot, how I could just fall back into it and get into drinking and smoking and fucking and doing whatever I wanted to do. A lot of us could. Now, granted, I'm in my early to mid-50s these days. <clears throat> I ain't got the pull or the looks that I used to have or the confidence I used to have when I was younger. But there's all kinds of places to go and just dive into and go, I'm going to self-emulate I'm gonna emulate myself. I'm going to let myself destroy. And, you know, that's the thing about it. if you go to 12-step meetings on a regular basis, years will pass. And then you'll find out about the ones you lost, the ones that you didn't know ended up dying or the ones that suicided or you watch them over time because it's it's just a progression of time and consistently checking in um just like with my foster sisters over half of them being dead by the time i was 30 you know it's like you realize that it's really easy to be have this common experience of this horrific trauma and then to watch what happens afterwards and see who survives and kind of is able to heal and be present and can can keep going one more day you know what i mean so I think the first thing is that story of Wayne Dyer losing his 
dad and then feeling so angry and frustrated and then going back and forgiving him and then him telling the story of how his life turned around and he became a number one best-selling author and now millions of people have heard his teachings his first book over 60 million in 45 different languages translated i mean think about it number one do you know there's 45 different languages to translate to <laughs> I can educate myself on that. Let's learn some things. I got a sister with a degree in linguistics. You know, maybe, you know, it's uh, uh, fascinating. You know, there's a lot of different languages for people to talk out there. Um, so as an example, I really appreciate Wayne Dyer offering that up. And um, he also shared a story about his daughter giving him some crap. And this goes back to I was laughing because mom used to say this to me all the time. It used to piss me off. Um he was talking about, he was talking to his daughter. His daughter was complaining and saying that he wasn't a very good father and was giving him feedback about how he was a poor father. Now, the thing is, he's listening to his daughter and considering it, which nine times out of 10 with abusive people like that, that may not be happening. <laughs> I don't, it wasn't happening with my dad. And my dad was making everybody else responsible for his poor actions that were harming people, in my experience. So, um, so he's talking to his daughter and he's trying to acknowledge her feelings and say, well, I hear you. You're frustrated with my parenting. I apologize. Or he, I don't even know if he apologized, <clears throat> but he did say, you know, you should really evaluate. What was it? He said, I got it written down here. Um, you should really evaluate why you chose me to be your father. You should take more care in choosing that. <laughs> <clears throat> In his perception, he's saying that uh, spiritually, his theory was that um, that you choose the people that you connect with and are like soul groups uh, that you spend time with here and on the other side. Um, Esther and Abraham Hicks talk about that too, about choosing the spirits that you connect with and share life experiences with um, in and out of being uh, physical and non-physical, right? Um, and I'll give a shout out to a friend of mine uh, from a long time ago that I had some real good times with um, who just got diagnosed with cancer. And um, I've had mixed feelings about her because I wanted to connect with her. And it's been 20, 30 years. She came back to town. We reconnected through friends. She doesn't want to really reach out to me. And I've, I've acknowledged that, that she doesn't seem to want to connect to me, this friend. And I just recently found out she got cancer. Thing is, this person has a partner and all kinds of support. And um, yet there's this heart inside of me that loved her. And even though I felt rejected by her later in her life, um, I still care about her. And I want to, I want her to, I want to go back to that time when we spent so much good time and joy and spending joyful times together for a few years, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So I'm going to pray for her, her spirit, her soul, and her body. and and. I'm just going to be grateful for the good times we had in the past. Um, but I'm going to be kind of silent. I don't think I'll reach out to her. Um, although I'll check in with her through my friend. So <laughs> that's part of that whole forgiveness and compassion thing. Cause I don't know that she actually did anything other than just say, I may or may not want to spend time with you these days, you know? So, and I just want to acknowledge that and maybe still feel that love that I feel for her, you know? Cause it don't matter if she acknowledges it or not. If I'm still loving on her, I think on some level that's getting to her some way. That's my hope. Um, I enjoy hearing from mentors who are famous that, well, they don't have to be famous, but mentors who's educate have educated me. I'll say it that way, that compassion and forgiveness, even for people that have done things that don't deserve forgiveness or compassion, 
Well, what, well, everybody deserves compassion. That's what the Buddha goes with. I feel gratitude that even if I'm not completely there, and sometimes I have to redirect myself several times a day. Um, I've spent a couple years being very angry at a friend who betrayed me a couple years ago after I confronted her creepy brother for sexually harassing. And I said, you can't talk about her breasts in front of me while you're paying me minimum wage in your shop to work with you two, three years in a row. And when I did that, they cut me off. <clears throat> and it really hurt my feelings. And I've got all kinds of things that was wrong. I could sue you, all kinds of things. And I'm like, I also got a lot of good out of that relationship. And there's some positive things that happened to me. So I struggle. That's one of those things where I, that brings up and I, I brightens up and I'll have to redirect. And I hate, I hate it that I still am angry about it although it, it's not healed yet, you know, and, and it maybe just observing myself do that is something, right? Now let's kick back to Jesus. Um, my perception is contextually, from my experience, from my perception, um, that the theory is that God had his son born, and then we harmed him and killed him and hurt him and judged him, and he forgave those that harmed him. That's a big part of the spiritual lesson with Jesus in my perception. I'd like to explore that conceptually a little bit more through my meditations and how, even though I'm not on the other side, like a spirit or a God, you know, how to apply that concept of forgiveness and compassion, not hypocritically from people who are, are a particular race, gender, and socioeconomic demographic, but from a heartfelt place, because it's going to make me feel more res resolved with God and connected to spirit, right? Thank you for coming to my ponderances today about forgiveness and God and compassion. Um, and I'm talking about Wayne Dyer and Esther Hicks and Jerry Hicks and people that have brought me a lot of joy and learning. Please understand here at the house, you're never alone and you're not going to be alone. And sometimes it's whether you like it or not. I'm grateful for you today. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you.